Hi, it's Pleasance. <sighs> Today's workshop or mini shop will be audio and video for those who want to have a little bit more of an intimate connection besides just the audio. Today's teachings, practice, sharing is around something very, very close to my heart. It is around what is a grief practice in real life? What does grief, honoring grief, and staying close to it and having deep reverence for grief look like in a woman, that's me, 43, almost 44, two kids, 25-year relationship, my mother and father are still alive, my grandmother is still alive. What does a grief practice look like for someone in this age and stage? And so I'm going to share with you a practice that I have and I've been working with for years, and it is the practice of being aware of dying as a commitment and devotion to my living, to our living. It is a, I have a relentless um, passion, interest, drive, motivation, ambition, fire for uh, life. I just want to sit up a little. There we go. And <clears throat> this drive <laughs> brought me to death. Like the awareness of the reality. And that is layers upon layers, years upon years of being in Buddhist communities. That's where it began. Zen Buddhism, Shambhala, where Shambhala, layers upon layers of Buddhist and Eastern philosophy led me to this like kept reminding and teaching you have um, death meditations and contemplations on death. And these are just part of the practice. So I'm really grateful. While I do not um, practice engaged Buddhism um, regularly right now, um, this is one of the best, most precious gifts that I got from so many years sitting, listening, reading, and participating in rooms and worlds where death is welcome. You know, thinking about a yoga practice and all of those years of teaching Shavasana, it really made an imprint on life because I had the opportunity to die myself on the mat every day and to also guide people through that. So the practice that I'm sharing with you today is about the top five regrets of the dying from Bonnie Ware. And the practice that I'm sharing is these are statements that I have marinated with, sat with, journaled about, lived into over many years, right? And so these um, five regrets of the dying have become the life plan for me. Nobody else has to do this or <laughs> participate. I just want to kind of pull back some of the layers and the curtains and like 
just be really transparent about this grief practice that I have and really open it up to others because there's so much suffering and there's so much delay of living and life. And when you spend so much time contemplating death and marinating on it and reading books about grief and dying and practices, it really begins to sink in. And so I invite all of us, like I said, I actually, right now in this moment, my tiny primary family is all still alive. I have recently experienced um, a tremendous amount of secondary grief, which means people that I love and care about so much, inner circle people in my life have lost primary people, right? So I have my little family and then I have a layer outside of it, a very, very close near and dear. And they, I've had a number of people in that second layer lose people in their primary. And so this is kind of like an expansion and contraction of grief, like the dynamic relationship we have when we're supporting and caring for people who are so close to us and they are grieving or suffering. How do we really support them as secondary support? And then what kind of support do we need layers upon layers of support to help us help them? And sometimes help, quote unquote, is just hand on heart, deep breaths, feeling heartfulness, feeling the softening of the heart being in touch with our own love, capacity for loving, and then sending or sharing it with them without doing anything else. So the top five regrets of the dying. Number one, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself not the life others expected of me. Okay, so this might be a little bit emotional. I didn't quite realize that I would feel grief and sadness and tenderness already reading number one in the heart. So here I am, fully human. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I remember when I left teaching um, because of a tragedy, a trauma, and my beloved grandmother, uh, I think it was maybe one of the first times I didn't really feel her support. She really expected me to, to stick, stick it through, stick with it. She really did not understand my decision and my boyfriend, husband, can't remember if he was my husband or still my boyfriend. It's been so many years. I think he was my husband at that point. Yeah, he was. Continued to support me no matter what, even though this person that I loved and cherished and do love and cherish my grandmother. And I listened to everything she always told me to do, go to Israel, go to UPenn, go to this program, go to Camp Shalom. You know, everything my grandma said, she's, uh, 
I basically said yes. And this was the first time where she said, you know, Plaza, I think you should just stick it through, stick it out. You made a commitment, stick it out. And y'all, I could not breathe in that position. I was in a huge threat response. I was really suffering. My whole body was shaking all the time. Um, I was like completely collapsed. And so that was a moment I remember being a really profound, pivotal moment of having the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. And so if we're thinking about the top five regrets of the dying, we're taking the end of life and we're backwards mapping it to to create a life that we want to live, taking in all the wisdom of the dying. And that's really how I see these top five regrets. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. So this is one I think we all can continue to massage at different stages of life, not too tight, not too loose. This is a practice. What might we do if we weren't working so hard or so much? What might we do with the space between? And so there can be a lot of discomfort there. And I find myself in that space, digesting, creating, like, not creating for work, but just creating for pleasure, resting, laying on the floor, on the earth. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. What else is there? What else might there be? What comes to mind that you're not making time for that you want to rearrange in your priority of your week? Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. So I remember the first time I read this um, in the top five regrets of the dying, and I was able to put something together. I was not expressing my feelings because I knew about it from this list or this book or these regrets. It was and is how I made naturally It is my true nature. It is the essence of who I am. Um, I have many layers in an archetypal system that lead me to have, like in terms of being a sun in Gemini, that's communication, um, aligning deeply with a lot of the Enneagram four types. That's very much about expressing feelings, doing death doula work, being a writer, being a creative. Um, There are a lot of aspects of, who I am that lend itself naturally to expressing my feelings. And so for number three, um, you know, where are you in expressing your feelings? Who does that um, land with or land on? Is it in your journal? Is it just in your head? Is there something you want to say that maybe hasn't been said? And so what's the outlet in order to have that courage to express the feelings. And those of you who already do that, this is one of those affirmations and validations. While it may not be societal, a societal norm 
to express your feelings, that there's an aspect here of doing it that is the counterweight of these regrets of the dying. And so I know in this moment, right now, 9.07 a.m., <laughs> um, my relationships are not perfect. There is discomfort and hurt and blame and pretty much every other normal human emotion and experience in the relational field. And if 908 were to be my last breath, I have said everything that needs to be said from a loving, repaired, compassionate place, even to those people where things are difficult. And so being able to hold both, this is really uncomfortable. I'm working in the realm of growth and I feel love and care for you are simultaneously happening. And if today were my last day, I know that I have expressed that to those who, where it is most difficult. Now, of course, my son always says, mom, you tell me you love me every day, all the time. Stop. So that's an easier, <laughs> those are, I feel like easier ones for the people closest where we just shower them with love to know it and feel it in their bones. And so for me, that I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings not only comes out in terms of like full expression of self, but also in the relationships where it's most difficult to express um, maybe multidimensional feelings in the relational field. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. I find this one to be really interesting because of some of the relationships that have ended. And so for me, it's about differenti differentiating closures, endings, moving on, new beginnings. And also when I feel like I want to connect with a friend or an old friend or a new friend, that I do that, that I take action on it, reach out, send a text, write a letter, send an email, um, make a date, just that it's like as it ebbs and flows, maybe there's new friends that I want to kind of bring in um, since we're all always changing and our roles and identities and boundaries, all of that's always changing. Um, where are friendships? And it's really interesting right now. I have a lot of, mm, I can just feel there, <laughs> feel them with us right now. I have a few different communities, three really that I'm thinking of. And each of them are their own unique, heartful, incredible, expansive, growth, learning, spirit, support places. And I don't know these people well, and yet I feel them in my life and as support, and they have continued to be that. And so for me, staying in touch with those communities in the field um, is one of the highest priorities of my week. My weeks continue to have all of these unexpected things. Some are good, some are hard. And I continue to lean on these communities and circles and layers of support. And so I'm even opening the definition of friends to be some of these communities we're in, where it's not necessarily one person, but rather 
the whole field or the whole village or the whole circle. And number five, I wish I had let myself be happier. Okay, this is a big one because I don't know anybody, can't think of anybody I know who is deliberately trying to be miserable. <laughs> if all humans want to be seen, loved, and heard for who they are, I believe we all have this desire and that some of the things that are blocking us from our true nature, our joy, our contentment, like when it says be happier, like I don't mean that very lightly. I mean that in a really deep resonant, this is my life and I'm fully in it kind of happy way with all the grief and sorrow. Um, and so for me, I wish I had let myself be happier has been evolving over many, many, many years with thousands of hours of listening and reading and talking and sharing my life with other humans. And I can say honestly now that the waves of joy and contentment that come through each day or each experience are the result, <laughs> oh, the result of so much intention and orientation towards this. So if the regret of the dying is, I wish, I wish I had let myself be happier and the human hears that and says, awesome, I don't know what to do about that in my life, then that's where some of the heavy lifting, I find it extremely delicious and erotic and sensual and beautiful, that kind of like so deep spiritual work, that's like that intensity and, and intimacy with self and self-awareness is incredible to me. So this idea of, I wish I had let myself be happier may be a longer path for you. For some of us, it may take lifetimes upon lifetimes. It might take one thing that's weighing on us, picking it up and putting it down and being like, oh, this was literally just permission I needed to give myself. Some of us have that. But I'm so curious what that element is for you. I wish I had let myself be happier. And what's in the way of that? And what might living your life in today's calendar plan book, like what might that really look like and feel like? And what kind of digging might need to be done in order to experience that charge from the earth that is possible? I am a living, breathing experience. You can look at 15 years of public writing, blog posts, newsletters, podcasts, of doing this dance of living out loud or living on purpose or living in the light, you know, turning towards the light has been um, really just deep diving into the dark. That's the truth. 
And so in close, the top five regrets of the dying can become the top five ways that we live, ways that we orient towards living, ways that we understand our time is limited and that we are all these incredible divine creative sparks of light and love and compassion, strength, courage, divinity, goddess, God, divine, whatever you call it. And we can use this wisdom from our beloved siblings who are not here anymore with us on the earth, but maybe in the astral ethereal realms to learn from them and to live in their honor. And so my recently I, um, one of my friends, oh, I wish y'all knew her. Jay, she transitioned, mother of four, grandmother, beautiful, beautiful soul. And I went to her um, memorial viewing and I couldn't stop staring at her hands, her beautiful hands and her fingernails and they were painted and long and they were just so peaceful and the whole way home and ever since then that was two weeks ago I can't stop looking at my hands maybe it was a week ago I don't know time and space are very weird to me right now (laughs) very uh wacky wonderful wild but the point is is that realizing that um Jay's divine light and spark had left the body and the the stillness, the peacefulness in the hands. And then, and, and our friend, Christina had sent me a picture of us and in the picture, our hands and our legs are like wrapped on each other. And I'm just so aware of the life in my hands for healing, for writing, for drawing, for holding, for caring. Like, this is it. It's like this, these are the tools. And I know all of these spiritual traditions have that teaching, but it's like, it, it is so deeply resonant in my bones. Now I get it. I get it. And so may our hands be the way in which these regrets of the dying turn into how we live. And then when I'm there, goddess willing, whenever that is, I say, I did have the courage to live a life true to myself. I didn't work so hard. I did have the courage to express my feelings. I did stay in touch with my friends and I did let myself be happy. And then whoosh, lean back in the great love and be swept up into the mystery. May it be so.